Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast. This show is all about art, craft, and creativity, and I produce it weekly in the hope that it will help all of us live long and crafty lives. Welcome to the second episode of Craft Sanity. Yeah, second episode. I lasted, uh, I didn't flame out after the first one, so <laughs> we'll see how long I can keep this up. But today's show is about creativity and projects, lots and lots of projects. I have the pleasure of interviewing Jeffrey Yamaguchi. He's the editor of, of several websites, and he's basically editor and publisher of several of those websites, and a writer. Uh, kind of a jack-of-all-trades and very, very creative guy. And he, he wrote the book, 52 Projects, Random Acts of Everyday Creativity, that came out in November. It's a fabulous book. Um, I read it about a week ago and really enjoyed it. In fact, it was a bit distracting since I have a lot of things going right now with just in my life where I'm always doing projects. So I read this and, I mean, there's like now 52 more projects that I want to do. So it can be a bit problematic in that sense because it, it's very, very inspiring. But um, let me tell you, before we get started uh, with the interview, let me tell you a little bit about Jeff. Basically, this is a guy who has been doing projects since college. He, like many of us, likes to do several different things. Um, he doesn't have just one job that he does or one project that he works on. He writes and publishes websites, as I mentioned. The book that we're going to talk about 52 Projects. Uh, he has a website, 52projects.com. He started in 2002 listing his project ideas online and kind of set the goal of having, he wanted to get to 52. Started to get quite a response. So eventually this project, he got to 52 and now has published this book. He has now a companion site, whatsyourproject.com. There's a site where he has people to come and tell what they're working on, share ideas. Before he started with the 52 Projects site, he launched WorkingForTheMan.com. That was basically the, inspired by a less uh, an enchanting work and experience he was having. And he started collecting kind of humorous stories about bad work experiences, funny things about just the world of work. What I hope you take from this is just, you know, you'll want to do a project after you hear the show. Because, I mean, the first step toward greatness really requires you to move in some direction. You have to do something. A lot of us talk about projects we want to do, but we never quite take that first step. Life's short, and you got to do everything you can when you can. I think it's important for all of us to remember that every great invention, book, or work of art, it starts with a tiny seed of inspiration. It's a little project, whether your your project's a book, a painting, new invention. We don't know how that seed's going to bloom and, and what's going to result from it. But it's it's exciting to think of what could happen. Hopefully you'll find this show inspiring in that regard. So maybe pause here and then come back with your all your supplies spread out on the kitchen table or wherever you work. And listen in on my chat with, with Jeffrey Yamaguchi. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks so much for agreeing to uh, talk to me uh, about your book. And, Absolutely. And I'm just kind of getting rolling with this whole podcasting thing. So kind of fumbling my way through... Uh, so we'll see how uh, we become better with the technology. But anyway, that's, that's, time. that's 
that's the most fun time to participate. Oh, yeah, when people are fumbling their way through. I like rough cuts. No, <laughs> I, I don't like it when it's perfectly streamlined. Well, I think it's more real that way. Yeah. So I, I'm interested in hearing, you know, who the man behind all these projects is. And if you could you know, give me a rundown. Um, how old are you? I'm, oh, boy. I hate I'm at that point now where I, I'm 35. Well, I'm 29 for about six more months, so okay. I'm uh, I'm coping well so far. Yeah, but, but hey, 29 sounds pretty good. 30 yeah. sounds pretty good. Uh, the, the older you get, the harder it is to say your age out out loud. I know 35, you know, you know, isn't that old, but it's where you start. I've noticed myself. I've started to hesitate when people ask me my age. Before, I just rattle it off. I wouldn't, you know. But now I'm just like, oh, I'm anyway. Well, I've started to slow down myself a little bit with the virus spots. The twilight of my 20s, as I like to call it here. And you're, where were you born? I was, I was born in uh, Illinois, uh, but I grew up in California. You know, I was basically about, at, at about a year old, my parents uh, moved out to California. So I was in California my whole life, and I went to school at uh, UCSD for college. So, I, again, in, while I was in college, I was in California moved up to San Francisco uh, a couple years after I graduated from college, and then uh, after about two years there, I moved to New York. And that's where you dwell at this point? Yeah, that's where I am now. So you, where, where in New York? I live in Brooklyn and uh, work in Manhattan. Okay. And are you at work right now? I am. Okay. What do you, what do, you do? Well, interestingly enough, I'm, right now I work for a book publisher. I work for HarperCollins, and I do online work. My job is to anything that has to do with online uh, for our, uh, our books and our authors, I'm involved in it. Is it kind of promoting authors, or that's, just... you know that's what it is? It's it's basically online marketing. And I know that you've you've uh, do you find that when you go out for interviews, uh, I don't know if getting this last job, people kind of raise their eyebrows about some of your side projects with you know uh, working for the man philosophies and all that, or do people kind of th- take that with a sense of humor? Well. It's, it works both ways. Okay, the first thing I want to say is the working for the man stuff that I've done over the years because it started out as a paper zine and then it was a, a website and then a book and it just sort of kind of lives on. Uh, that, that launched my kind of career, really, in, in terms of uh, my writing career and, or you know, get, getting published, things like that. that. It was a very integral part of, uh, of kind of like moving away from sort of like marketing architectural services. Uh, there was a period where I was involved with a, co- a company that was selling cookware, uh, all those kinds of jobs. It kind of got me out of those jobs and back into where my true interests are, which is, you know, writing and publishing and magazines and things like that. And, and that working for the man stuff, I know it, it, it goes against what you would think because it's sort of a, there's sort of an anti-work um, sentiment that people might be picking up from it and whatnot, but that thing really did help. And in, in fact, it has helped me get jobs, you know, because pe- people who are hiring me, they get it. They, they, they realize the, 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 why the humor is there and how I'm presenting it. And, uh, and it's also hurt me. You know, I've, I have been at, at, at uh, places where I've tried to get jobs and they'll just tell me up front, you know, I can't get past this. Even though you, what you're telling me is making sense, I realize you're a hardworking person, that, you know, you're a professional. Uh, I, I just, it's, it would be... I, my instincts tell me I can't have both you and the site, you know, the working for the man stuff. I but see. for the most part, it has helped me. Well, and I think people probably also realize that there's there's an honesty to it, and it seems like you're not opposed to working for the man. You're opposed to working for the man in a job that doesn't suit you. I think, it, to me, everyone, no matter what, even if you have a job 
that you love and, and that you wouldn't trade for anything, you're still working for the man. Right. There are things about you spend a lot of time at work. You, uh, you, you devote a lot of your energy to what you do in the workplace and with your work. And uh, it can be tough. It can wear you down. There are things about work and just the nature of you have to be there that, you know, there are people who might be yelling at you or expecting things of you that you're having a hard time delivering, whatever it might be. You know, th- that's just part of the game. That's just part of the deal. Uh, and so I, I think it's important to kind of delve into that, those issues, that, that reality in sort of a humor and, and take it with like humor, kind right. of look at it from a humorous perspective. I think that's so important. And I, look, the whole origin of that project was sort of like, I'm having a really hard time in my job right now. How can I deal with this? And one of the ways was just sort of explore it in sort of a humorous, uh, yes, and it's sort of biting, you know, but it helped me. It helped me deal with what was going on there. And, uh, and I just realized how much uh, the issue of work, I'm in- interested in it and intrigued by it. And, and let me tell you, like, when I hear a funny story about work, I'm always, you know, <laughs> I, I love it. I just love hearing about it. Now, were you, what were you doing at the time you started the Working for the Man project? I, I was, this is uh, back when I was in my mid-20s, or sort of like edging towards the 29s, I guess, you know, just past 25 maybe. And so kind of the post-quarter life crisis phase of life? Yeah, I guess that term probably hadn't even been coined yet. <laughs> no, it actually was coined about the time I turned 25, and I was like, I saw it on the Today Show before okay. I went to work, and I'm like, that's what I have. <laughs> See, I should have probably come up with that and, and run with that, and my career would even be much better, because I think that was a pretty successful uh, book and yeah. concept or whatever, but... Uh, let's see, I think I was, at that time, I'm, I'm almost sure, because I actually was uh, going over this, I was uh, working at a, a, doing marketing work uh, for an architectural firm. And it was at that point where uh, basically what was going on is I, I did have a, a, a particularly difficult boss, but it, it wasn't just that. It was just that I was sort of going to work and, and doing things, and I, it just didn't make any sense to me in terms of here I am, uh, you know, tr- trying to be a creative person, trying, I had, you know, I-, I was trying to be a writer or whatever, but I was, you know, marketing services for something that I I wasn't even a professional in. You know, architecture right. is such an amazing profession, and, you know, all I could do was kind of look at it from the outside, yet there I was trying to, like, basically sell those services or market those services, and uh, it just was a major disconnect for me. So it was a particularly hard time, and then that was also like that quarter-life crisis concept where sort of like all of a sudden you're ending up somewhere and it feels like if you don't do something it could be like this forever it just felt very I felt like I was digging myself a little bit of a hole professionally like where am I going what am I doing and uh, how, how do I get out of this and, and jump into the thing I want to be in all those things were going on and so it sounds like you um, by creating that did you create the website right away or were you kind of writing in a journal or kind of how did you get the kind of- I was very into Zines at the time, which are still around and still thriving, but I think because of the web, they've sort of some of their thunder has been stolen. Because of course, now you can go online and start a blog and instantly have more readers than you could even if you were printing out a thousand copies of your zine or whatever. That's a lot for a zine, a thousand copies. So <laughs> it, it started out as a paper zine, and and uh, and right about that time, we're talking like 1996, 97, uh, was when the web started really taking hold. You know, it was really about AOL at the time. To get on the web, a lot of people, and I remember that's how I was introduced to the, the web. And uh, uh, slowly but surely start realizing about buying domain names and, and you know, creating a site and using HTML and whatnot. So it sort of like was a, a nice 
progression for me to ha- sort of have this paper zine, have some content, sort of like build my concept there, and then have a way to kind of once the web started coming to the forefront, uh, you know, being able to kind of like use the concept of the zine on the web. That was pretty, er- you know, er- it was a little early on. You know, t- it was it was it was fun to be doing it back then, uh, and it was an all text site and very simple, you know, very simple HTML. It was uh, it was great. Well, how did you spread the word about this? Because you probably didn't want your boss to know that you were doing this. Well, zines have their own sort of way. That, so for the paper zine, you know, you'd, you'd send it to this uh, publication called Factsheet Five, which view publication of zines, and you, there's a whole community. So you do trades, sort of a ma- almost like a mail art type deal. And so you, and there were, and being in San Francisco at the time, you know, there were stores that actually there, and there still are stores that quite a few independent stores and whatnot that will sell your zine. So that's how you do it, you know, and we're talking pretty low-level distribution. Um, you know, you're certainly uh, not going to, you know, make a living off off of something like that. It's more of a labor of love. Well, of it, it sounds like it also gave you some buoyancy so you could keep going to work. Definitely. You know, <laughs> and did you kind of go to work with, like, a kind of a new thing, thinking, geez, I'm going to soak up some content here for my, for my scene? Absolutely. I mean, I definitely, you know, um, you know, because it's not just your stories, it's the stories that other people tell you as well and your coworkers, and uh, there's just you know little things that happen to you at one job remind you of a job you had three years ago maybe when you were still in school or all kinds of things there's there's a lot of inspiration to this day i still i still find it you know every day you know there's something oh yeah we all have our days our moments of uh you know that aren't so hot at at the job so yeah even at a good job even at a good job oh yeah absolutely would you say that working for the man was your first like project? Because obviously you're in a whirlwind of projects. You're just reading your book, um, 52 Projects. Is it, obviously you're you're someone who loves projects, and have you always been that way? Definitely, in college was when I really started to um, kind of, and I didn't have the same sort of thought process about it as I do now. But that's where it's really started to develop, where. Uh, uh, you know, I would just kind of take on tasks or take on some sort of creative endeavor, and you know, I'd call it a project. And uh, and uh, actually, at that time, I was calling them productions. Like anything I did, I you know, this is sort of just being a little melodramatic and maybe thinking you're a little bigger than you really are. <laughs> but it was always a production, you know. So if I if I created a, a my earlier zine, there were zines before the Working for the Man thing, you know, I would call, I'd have a little tagline on there saying a such and such production, you know, uh. <laughs> and, um, you know, taking myself a little too seriously. Uh, but I think back then, you know, I, I, I'd consider those things, you know, I, uh, if I were doing, you know, if I had the same mentality, I would have called them projects. And, you know, those things range from doing one-off type zines, uh, you know, maybe a collection of, of uh, mock poetry or something. There was, I remember, there was a big poetry literary journal at my college, and you know, perhaps it was out of jealousy that I wanted to belittle that journal, uh. <laughs> and so I decided to do something, you know, where I was making fun of that journal, and I so I did some something that I probably call that I did call some sort of production, but really it was a project, you know, where I was sort of mocking this literary journal and then just putting it all around the college campus, and I considered that a, a well, it, that was a project. And did you do these by yourself, or did you recruit friends to help you? Definitely a little of both, especially in college. You know, you you have a, it. It was easier back then to kind of rally the, your friends around you or people of the same interest and kind of do some things as a group. You know, there was so I you know I I remember one thing I did was start a literary journal for 
I did actually end up starting a literary journal. Again, part of my probably just like wanting to like do something like these people who were doing the kind of the premier literary journal for the college. Mm-hmm. I did eventually start a literary journal. And, you know, you were able to like grab on, you know, your pe- I worked on the newspaper so I could say, hey, talk to the designer. Say, hey, I'm starting a literary journal. Do you want to you wanna design it? You know, you get some other people to help you be the editors of it. You know, just like people, you'd put out a little posting, say, hey, looking for editors. And then there were other like more obscure things. You know, maybe this is back in the day where, you know, you kind of discover, for me anyway, someone like uh, the Beat Poets or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to the library every day I think I'm, I, this is in the book, just as a little mention, where like the idea of projects started becoming like on the forefront of my mind. And I would go to the library and just type every day um, for like 15 minutes. And they would, you know, it was a stream of consciousness stuff. You know, of course, I was probably thinking I was writing brilliant, you know, <laughs> or whatever. But, yeah, we all do when yeah. we're in the midst of it. Oh, boy. And I, but I would go there and I'd do that every day. You know, I did that for a while and it was so freeing to do it. And it became a, a basically a project, you know, where... I had a, a whole collection of these things, and I, I would start, like, doing things like I'd make copies and, like, mail them to certain friends, you know. And that's something I did on, but I'm sure they're long gone, and they, they probably wondered why they were getting these things in the mail. And Do you still have the collection? I have some of them, you know, but I, this was, uh, uh, I was I was basically mailing them off, you know. That oh, was, I see. So that was, it was, uh, the uh, part of the project was to create it and then yeah. deliver it somewhere. Yes. And okay. I was probably trying to impress you know, some girls or something. This, you know, this is one of those things that, you know, whoever was, whoever I was kind of fancying at that time or whatever. Would you get know, your project. Yeah, would probably, you know, I'd be like, oh, hey, check this out, and thinking it would be very impressive. It's just this thing I do. Yeah. 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 What a creative person I am. Yeah. So interesting. It was, But at the same time, you know, it was a great uh, thing in terms of just writing exercises, too. You know, I did see, you know, it wasn't just about, that there was sort of like a, you know, I, I fancy I tried to was trying to probably be a writer, and this is one of the things sort of copying the beat poets and their sort of stream of consciousness stuff, and you know, but that all adds up to something, you know, and it was an experimental period for me, definitely. You know, I was much, even now, I'm, as I'm thinking about it, you know, I was much more willing to be experimental. Like now, I, I don't know that I would go every day, even though I. It was just easier to do things like that back then, and it's it's good for me to remember that kind of stuff because then it kind of it tips you off to inspire you to get back to it or try something new. And um, anyway, so I think your question was, um, you know, the origins of where these projects started. You know, I, I definitely it, it was definitely in college. Did you do projects though as a kid? You know, ju- I think just like every hopefully every kid you know in school you know gets a chance to. I, I definitely did, you know, I was, but... Not, but you weren't actively recruiting classmates to do productions no, of any no. kind. <laughs> I didn't start really linking onto it or feel like the energy that I, you know, get from projects and whatnot at all. It really did all start in college, you know, things like, I do remember there's a project, Project 29, in the, in the book about stuffing an envelope and mailing it off to someone, stuffing an envelope as much as you can with just things, you know, that, and, and uh, poetry, you know, copy, photocopy poetry, recipes, you know, buttons, whatever it is, and that, I, di- I did that in college. I remember doing that for a, uh, I don't think that's a completely original idea or whatever, but I probably thought it was in college, and, and you know, I'd mail it off to this friend, you know, and she'd get these envelopes for me. Uh, this is like an old high school friend. It was like the way we kept in touch after we had both moved away to college. And, and then would she mail back envelopes of stuff to you? Gosh, did she? Uh, now, maybe she never did. You know, I don't know that she did. She was definitely... Uh, reciprocating in some way, but I don't remember if 
we didn't become a thing where we just did that with each other, you know. Right. Um, but you know, she she's uh, uh, to this day, you know, I get letters, handwritten letters from her. Those are a rarity these days, you know. Yeah, that's so for sure. She's always um, been great about. It's very inspiring to me, actually. She'll write me a handwritten note, and uh, you know now. It's less and less. She has children and whatnot, but um, I have a whole file of her, or you know, envelope or whatever, of stuff with letters from her. You know, that's like a treasure, and I think part of that started. You know, that kind of uh, communication began in college, and uh, and and definitely influenced how I perceive things like that to be projects to this day. Well, you have more, way more than 52 projects in this book because there's, like, variations of projects and then right on the, at the edges of the pages. I thought that was really kind of a neat surprise because I was reading along and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't really notice. Yeah. You know, what does the number 30 mean to you? And for me, that's particularly – and I just randomly opened the book just now to page 30. Oh, cool. Which is kind of a poignant since I am approaching – the big three yeah. um, but these are all like you know kind of writing starting points if you want to just kind of sit down and, and do some writing or just reflect even if you're not a writer you know um, so this book I mean have you tried out everything in it I have let's see that's a that's a very good question and that I've done a lot of these projects some of them are projects that I want to do uh, some of the projects I, I have not done exactly as I wrote them and I think this is a an important point because um, right at the beginning of the book, I say you can definitely do these projects as written, and I and I, I, I there's no reason not to do that. But I I think the the bigger point I like to make is that you shouldn't do these projects exactly as written, and that you should, you know, that that these are these are um, because you're you're the creator of whatever you're going to make, and you've got your own muses and your own energy and your own ideas, and uh, th- these are projects that you can kind of you know. Am- Either just use as jumping-off points, or sort of like put a, put your own muses and factor those into the idea, and you'll you'll basically uh, you, it, there's no way it could be that project that's in the book, you know, because you've entered the picture. It's your now now you're involved in it. It'll be your project, and to you know, it's so important to like take ownership of it. And I really encourage that. And I do. I sort of did the same thing, even though I'm like the, maybe writing a, a particular project down. Well, there's one thing from having your original idea to, you know, what you what you end up doing as you start making your way through actually creating the project. You know, the process from like the idea to finish. Right. It often changes. Exactly. It should. You know. It sort of. It. The wonderful thing is that it, it definitely probably will. Uh, whether that be because of a some sort of a. Like all of a sudden you don't have the money for the material you <laughs> right. or something's missing or, you know, you miss a deadline and somehow a date was involved. You just never know what it might be. Uh, but it's, a, it's definitely fluid until you finish it up and decide that you're done with it. So what project in here is your favorite? Let's see. I think what is my favorite project? Um, well, one of, the, one of my favorite projects is, uh, uh, and it's a very simple one, one of my favorite projects is the pro- the idea of finding a picture of every place you've ever lived, um, because I think that is an amazing uh, ex- uh, research study into your own sort of life, and I think it's just a nice thing that will mean different things to different people, you know, uh, very easily. Just because you know the second they pull up that first picture, or the fact that maybe they don't have certain pictures of places they've lived, maybe they've moved around so much it would be impossible. Or maybe they've lived in the same place their entire life, you know. And mm-hmm. they have just, it's a, it's just, an, I think it's a nice way to get in, in touch with yourself. And um, 
what's amazing is, uh, you know, how much of our lives are sort of uh, determined by where we are and who's living around us. And uh, I think by kind of laying it out in this way where you actually can take a, a photographic, you know, perspective of it is, uh, is uh, really sort of a startling thing. You can, I mean, I myself, you know, if, as I'm putting out these pictures, uh, I have no idea how many places I've lived. And I, and I don't really see myself as someone who's moved around a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's definitely one of my... my uh, my favorite project. So now do you find that if you move someplace that you would take a picture? Because a lot of us, I know in college, I lived in several different apartments, dorm rooms, whatever, and I never, never really occurred to me to take a picture of the outside of the place. Right. And now I'm kind of thinking, why didn't I? You know, because it would be so cool to have, easily have, and I have to go back to some of these places to photograph. But, um, so has it changed your thinking about dwelling and where you live? Well, that, I think it, I think it definitely has. You know, like, I, I always, I'm always a little sad when I close a door for the last time and throw a key under the whatever or mail a key back or mm-hmm. whatever. No, I'm never going to use the key again. I, I get a little emotional about it, you know, because you've lived in this place and you're, you know, if these walls could talk kind of thing. Like right. You've had energy there. You've had, you know, memories there and they're wrapped up in, these, in, the, in, the, in, in your surroundings. You know, I don't think I started, you know, back in the day where I was like, I have to take a picture of this place so I'll have a record of all the places. Right, right. Now that I've sort of had this realization that that's important to me, I, I definitely do make a point of it, you know. Um, and, and in fact, uh, a couple of years ago, I did move out of an apartment, and I remember being there for the last time, and I took some pictures of myself in the empty apartment. Um, just, uh, you know, nowadays with a digital camera and whatnot, it's sort of a lot of self, more self-portraits than you would think or whatever, just so easy to take pictures and whatnot. But, uh, you know, that was, it was a it was an interesting. I, I have those photographs. You know? And what do you what do you plan to do with those? Just have them, just so you have them. I have not done anything like frame. Oh, here's a fun story though. Well, with those photos, I think I just you know those are the kinds of things that go on the album, and you sort of just have like when you do open up those albums, it, though I do know those pictures will be meaningful to me, and just sort of like a it will remind me of that day of like closing that door for the last time. And where were you closing the door? Were you in New York when you closed the door? Yes. Or? Yeah. Yes, that was in Brooklyn. Yeah. This is in an apartment in Brooklyn. But I, I will say that when um, um, when my wife and I first moved out here to New York, we stayed in a, um, uh, as we were looking for our apartment, we stayed in one of these places where, you, you know, you pay like 500 bucks for the week or something. It's, uh, it, it's you know, the, the, there's a guy behind glass uh, taking your money. Oh, wow. Uh, to, and it was just one of these places. Um, and it wasn't in a particularly <laughs> dangerous neighborhood, but for whatever reason, I don't know if it's an old school thing or what. But um, in fact, it's a place where a lot of European or travelers stay, you know, and crash on a budget and what kind, whatnot. You know, it's the kind of thing that you. I think we discovered it through like one of those Let's Go books, right? I see. Okay. And uh, but it was uh, it was not a particularly, it's certainly not a nice hotel room or anything, right? <laughs> and I took a picture of the room, and uh, I I did frame that picture. Because I wanted to remember what how we started out here right. uh, when we were in New York, and uh, it was it, it just it's a great it, there, we're not in the picture actually it's just that room, and uh, uh, when we moved to New York we had four bags and two cats didn't know anybody, and uh, just starting our life here and so it's very meaningful to me. Well, and now you probably know so many people because of your just connections through your project's website and just everything you're doing you're connected in the world of publishing. 
you're a published author now. So are you kind of amazed at how many years ago was that when that you moved? Was, uh, seven years ago. Okay, so in seven years, your life has changed pretty dramatically. It really has. We had just gotten married, actually. So we, and neither of us, we did know, of course, you always know somebody, so we did know a couple of people, no one real close to us, though, so we had no close friends or family. So we really had to build our our, our new life to, kind of together in a way, you know, and uh, as a married couple. And, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it, look, it's it's, a, it's a, oh, an incredible city to live in. It's You're going to meet lots of people. Um, and, and, you know, we've, had, uh, we've met a lot of great people. Now, have you had the same job the whole time? No, no. I've had um, several different jobs. Um, let's see. I've, my first job here was at a book publisher called The New Press, and I was there for about a year. And then uh, I think there were several periods where I did freelancing type thing or temping, that kind of work. Uh, then I worked at a, comp- a magazine publisher, and I actually did stay there for almost five years. Uh, but actually before that, I was working at a dot-com that ended up, they're still around actually, but they closed their New York office. And then I just recently started this job at uh, HarperCollins. So do you feel kind of like you've arrived as far as professional life goes? No. 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 <laughs> no but I will say I'm very – hey, I wish I could say that. It's been, I've had a particularly, like many people probably feel, you know, a struggle with it. And uh, I actually uh, just took this new job, and probably for the very first time in my life, and remember I am 35, I feel like I've connected sort of my true interests, which are sort of books and publishing and writing, with uh, with a job that – connects to those interests in a, in a, in a deeper way. Um, all through my past, I've had many jobs where there was a major disconnect, and it was something, you know, you, it's, a, it's a fight. You know, you have to really work for it. And uh, so I'm, I guess I'm, uh, I, and I, you know, it's something I'll mention to friends and family, and, you know, and, and, and I, I, for the first time in my life, I felt like there is a connection there. And it's, it, it feels very good. Well, that's great, and I think that's what a lot of people struggle with is having, especially creative people, yeah. I, not to say that, and I think everybody can be creative and is creative, they just don't always, like, tap into that part of themselves, but I think if you're a really creative person, sometimes it's all the more challenging to walk into, you know, this big, you know, a building and do a job that you might feel is something that, you know, pays well, you know, has great benefits, but maybe isn't really totally in line with your creative thinking and in the way you want to, you know, just kind of projects you want to do and just, it's, it's not good to leave crea- creativity outside the door. So it sounds like you're not afraid to, you know, kind of cut the umbilical cord when it's not working for you. Well, I, I wish I were as tough as that. No, that's not true. That's not true. I, mean, I, I, I want to be that person and I strive to be that person, but it's tough, you know, because you got bills to pay. You can't just like, uh, you know, as, I think in your, in your mid twenties, you can definitely do that. Uh, you know, you can say this isn't working for me, and you know, I'll go temp, or I'll just, you know, I'll just scrape by for a little while, or whatever. Um, but as you get older, you, you, it's just not as as uh, easy to do that. And uh, so, it, I think it'll just always be a struggle. You know, it just, I think it always will be. A, and um, uh, the the one thing I did want to say is, um, you know, and I really admire people who can and kind of have that kind of attitude and stand by their conviction on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of us don't have the luxury or the guts to do it, but there are people who do, you know, say, I'm only going to, you know, I, they, they really stick to their convictions. And I think those people are, end up, 
it works out for them, you know, because eventually they ha- they just, you know, maybe they have a special skill that gives them a little a little edge on the rest of us in terms of being able to make those kinds of decisions. Um, you know, maybe they just happen to be the very best at what they do or one of the top people. I think, uh, but there's a reason they are that person because they they they're very they they're very inside themselves themselves they believe in themselves and whatnot. And I want to be that person. I really <laughs> do, and I work for it. But uh, I don't want to pass myself off as being one of those. I'm still, I'm still trying to get there. Well, I guess I'm just comparing you to my resume. I've had the same job since I left college. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where I look at people who are just jumping around. And, and there's certain people who say, oh, that's really irresponsible. You shouldn't be jumping around like that. But I look and I think, geez, that's really brave, you know, because it's um, to just kind of cut the cord and jump, you know, just kind of go and see what happens. So, but it sounds like this project, you know, the project, thing for you is kind of sustained you through all these up and down you know situations in the workplace and whether or not you're you know if you're particularly not totally enthralled or engaged with your day job you've been able to just let your creativity come out in other ways and did you is this your book kind of your offering to the world to kind of say hey there's a way to help yourself <laughs> you know by being just giving people ideas of how they can be creative as we were talking about jobs and whatnot, and, and I think you've really you really nailed it in terms of the, how those how those projects. Uh, you know, I found some I found that the the projects were my saving grace. You know, that I'm not trying to make it sound like I struggled so hard or anything. I don't want to. <laughs> you're you know, crying every day. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, no, I hear you. I, I see what you're saying. I mean, it's just yeah. the the irritation that jobs can give. You know, yeah. people. Yes, and um, you know those those kinds of feelings can start to weigh you down, and 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 I imagine there have been many times where they have weighed me down. But the one ways, the the one of the major ways that I've been able to kind of work around it, or really fire myself up, or get my give myself energy, and and I, and I do credit a lot of, you know, the new job that I was just mentioning, where I I feel that connection between my interests and what the job actually is. Mm-hmm. I I really owe a lot of it to the my my efforts in project making and and the 52 projects book, you know, and the, that, that, that whole concept of, as in terms of a way of life, of trying to find that time and that energy to make projects and be creative and do some, something with your ideas and how that will translate into sort of just like firing you up and all the other things you have to do. I, I, I believe that, you know, I'm, try, I'm living that and, and doing my best to, um, you know, stick to that because I've, I've found that it works for me and I, I, th- I think it will. It, it is something that other people will tap into, you know. And, it, and all I do is look around, and I, it, it, I think it might be a New York cliche or whatever. But there's a whole, your, your coworker next to you is is uh, writing uh, uh, sketches and doing improv somewhere. You're, they've written a play. They're making a movie. They're working on a novel. You know, there's, they're working on some sort of legal project. You know, it's not always just the arts. They're always trying to. Do, it's amazing. Um, and those, I just think of those people as having their projects. You know, they're working on those projects because you know it's it's what they truly want to do. And I think it also helps them deal with all the other things they have to do to to um, pay their mortgage or their rent. Or sure, sure. Deal with their their situation, whatever that might be. There is that self help element to it. That it's not a self help book, but I think um, you know some of the some of the ideas there are definitely trigger into that kind of a concept, you know, where it can definitely make some, if you kind of look at the book from that perspective, it could be helpful. Well, I think that a lot of people that, you know, I've talked to that, you know, they're having a bad time at work or they just don't like their job, when you're at least can afford to maybe put, take some of that money that you're earning and put it into a project you're doing, it gives you kind of that buoyancy that 
you know, if you're just going to work and then coming home and watching TV, and that's one of the things you advise people to to do is turn off their TVs. If they say, oh, you know, I just don't have time to do projects, I work a lot. And Have you had a lot of people come up and say, geez, how do you do all this stuff that you're doing? You know, yes, definitely. I've got, I, sometimes the emails are like, how do you have time to do it all or whatever, and and I would never, I'm not like the Martha Stewart type who probably really does, you know, work 24-7 and <laughs> right. things, you know, she's, she, I am, I, but I, you know, I, for, for example, like, uh, you know, I will go home from work and I will do some sort of, like, engage in some of, some of my projects or whatever, uh, but, uh, you know, I do watch TV as well, you know, I do do that, those sort of things, I struggle with it as well, so I'm just like, you know, probably like many people, um, but there will also be times where, you know, I'll come home Friday night and I'll work on something and I'll, my whole weekend will be taken up by something. So I won't go to the movies or I won't do anything. You know, I'll just be focused on this one thing. And uh, let me tell you, I feel better doing that than, than anything. You know, I love, I love it when I can get to that point where I'm just working through something. Well, and also do you find it's kind of cool that at the end of the weekend, instead of being um, out a bunch of money from, you know, a night, several, a couple nights on the town, uh, you're done, you know, the weekend ends, you're maybe exhausted from working so hard on your project, but you have something tangible at the end. Yes. And maybe something to stuff into an envelope and send to a friend, it's you know. I really, you know, I, I, that's when I, I tell you, that's when I feel the best. I really do. I feel like after I, I, I guess it's that sense of accomplishment and whatever, I, I, I'm ready to go, you know. I like that kind of tired. I like that when you feel tired because of that. I, that's a nice tired to have. You know, you're just like, wow. You feel, I don't know, you feel, you can feel kind of good about yourself and sort of, um, you know, just like that, that t- you know, when you feel, t- it's like someone who runs a long race or whatever, they feel exhausted afterwards, but there's a high there. Oh, definitely. Well. It's the same thing, you know, it's the same thing. So are you constantly doing projects? Like, do you bring a project to work? Do you have, like, a project in your, you know, if you carry a bag or whatever of stuff to work, or are you just kind of keep your projects at home and... A little of both, you know. Uh, and, in fact, I was inspired recently by someone who uh, takes photographs on the subway. Uh, yeah, I read that on your website. Yeah, they, they've made a project out of their commute. It's, um, oh, I can't, uh, the, the URL is escaping me. Uh, but it is on the 52 Project site, the link to this guy's stuff. And he, uh, it's an amazing, it's an amazing project, you know, what, the, what he's done. And it's getting recognition, and it's, he takes these beautiful photographs. I think it's travisruse.com. I should look it up right now while we're talking. But um, it's an amazing thing, you know. And uh, I was very inspired by that. I was like, man, how is uh, – I think I wrote on the site about how there's this empty time or you know, where you, 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 your, your, your time is going by, but you're not, you don't feel like you can do anything, and it's sort of like you feel like you're wasting time and how amazing it would be to take that time back and do something cool with it. And uh, I thought his stuff was very inspiring. So have you started to document your commute now? You know, I do not have the guts to do what the, what this person is doing, where he's just taking pictures of people on the subway. There's a there's a weird thing, you know, that's... Well, there's... people might be kind of like, wait a minute, why are you taking my picture kind of thing? I yeah. certainly can't steal this guy's idea, right? Right. <laughs> have to come up with something new. A um, variation of that. I mean, you know, part of me, I read on the subway, and that is, like many people do, uh, and I find that uh, uh, I don't feel like I'm wasting my time, you know, with that. But, um, you know, there's definitely things uh, where I, I could definitely make some projects out of, you know, my, my time where, I'm, where I, I'm not doing anything at the time. is just slipping by. And the, I, I was inspired by what he was doing. I, when I used to do laundry at the laundromat, there's a project in the book about this. You know, I did make a project out of that. And, it, and uh, you know, instead of, like, just seeing 
going to the laundromat and doing my laundry um, as just a dreaded thing. You know, I tried to make it fun. And uh, the other thing is when I go on runs, I started taking my camera along with me. The tree project. Yeah, and I started that tree project. And, and uh, you know, I love going on runs, so I never saw that as a waste of time. But just, you know, stopping for a few seconds and taking pictures every once in a while makes it, it like, makes it even more fun for me. Is it cumbersome to run with a camera? In the summertime, it is. In the wintertime, you're kind of bundled up. And so you, you have places to put, put the camera. In the pocket. In right. In the summertime, it's, I, I struggled with it. You're kind of like a sweaty time. hand gripping this camera, running around. Exactly. And I searched and searched for, like, the right kind of shorts where I could just put the camera without it flinging all around, you know? Right. Or and looking never, like a strange growth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, it was, it, I was very present. I could never find the right shorts. So maybe this year I'll get lucky. But in the winter, it's not so bad. You just shove it in one of your many pockets and... I did want to mention one thing, and I don't know if in the margins of the book on page 52, I, I don't want to reveal what it is here. But I did check that out, and I won't reveal it either because I think uh, it's good. It's an experience people need to have, you know, just go to it. But that's sort of like a project within a project. You know, I, I, I wanted to put a little, like a little mystery or a clue or something to something and have it lead to somewhere. And I, I see that as a sort of a, 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 another project. You know that's going on, sort of this secondary project to, and this, I don't know. It's just you always look. You know the margin, little, the little margin projects in the margins was a, an idea that was fun. Now, where did you get the idea to do projects in the margins? I just I wanted I just my whole thing was you know this book is about projects, so it has to really push that point that anything and everything can be a project, and it has to be true to what it's talking about. You know, and that's why I put the variations on projects as sort of like drill home the point that, like, look, th th there's, this project is just a jumping-off point to a bazillion other projects. Look at how easy it is to just, like, have variations on this project. And um, I wanted to stay true to the, the idea of, you know, there are projects everywhere you can be inspired by anything, you know, on your walk to work, on your walk home, you know, people you meet, whatever it is. And the, the project numbers were just, like, another little opportunity to sneak projects in there. So... I don't know where, you know, it was, uh, probably because numbers were sort of important in the book, and I think that's what tipped me off. I've got to do something with those page numbers. Did you intend for people to do, like, one project a week, or is this just kind of, is that what, what the whole 52, or I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, so throughout the year they just kind of do a project, or is this just kind of, since you're such so into numbers and projects within projects, is there more significance to the number 52 for you? I picked that number because it was originally, you know, a website project, and I I never intended for the idea, although I think that's sort of how it was sort of pitched, like a project a week, or just people picked up on it, because that number is familiar, you know? Right. And I originally remember picking it because it did have a significance, like 52 weeks in a year time frame, uh, but also it was a familiar number. Not a number out of nowhere, you know. People, that number means some 52 weeks in a year. People right, because if you would have said 67 projects, that would have been just people were like, well, "Why 67?" Exactly. Now, when you told your friends that you were working on this project, they probably weren't that surprised since you you always work on projects. But did people help, like, did pitch you ideas, um, or did you kind of sit and, and wait to you? Because I know this evolved over the course of was it two years that you were writing this, or three? Yes, about two? a year, year and a half or so, putting them up on the web and once I started the idea of it I didn't ask for people's ideas because I I guess I just wanted it I wanted to do it myself 
So I really close. If someone was coming up with a project idea, I purposely wouldn't. I'd obviously listen to them, you know, but I wouldn't take that idea and put it into the into the book. I was trying to, or on the website, you know, I was trying to do it. It was it's sort of a challenge to myself, right? Come up with your 52 projects or whatever. And then when you got all 52 and you started, did you just start shopping it around to publishers, or how did you get from website to book? I well, that is, uh, you know, I, when I started it, it was just a web project. And I actually thought, oh, once I get 52, I'll bundle it up and uh, I'll sort of uh, uh, just give it to friends. You know, it'll be like a zine. You know, maybe I'll make a small special edition for my, my closest friends or family. Mm-hmm. And uh, But the, the I guess what, you know, I've pitched books before that it didn't get an agent, didn't get picked up, didn't, nothing happened with them. And uh, this is one of the, sort of an offbeat idea, and I just didn't think it had a chance in terms of, you know, a publisher being interested or an agent being interested. Uh, and, uh, like, for example, the Working for the Man book was self-published. And when it kind of got, it got some stories written about it. And I, I got a couple of calls from agents. And I remember being handling it very poorly and thinking, I don't want an agent. I'm a, I just do this independently. What do I want <sighs> an agent for? I remember just really being, having a ridiculous attitude about it. And uh, so then when I pitched other ideas, trying to get an agent a couple of years after that, couldn't get one. <laughs> I just really shot myself. You know, I just was like, what was I thinking? And then with this project, I thought, well, I'll give it a shot. I'll just, here it is. I've done the whole thing. Um, There's just this wonderful response from people online, you know, writing me nice letters, and it's getting nice reviews on other websites. Let's give it a shot. And I remember just thinking, let's just take it to its full conclusion. See if you can do it. And I wrote, you know, did it the old-fashioned way where I wrote a pitch letter to agents, you know, a query, and basically followed the same books that I encourage everyone to get in terms of how you get published or whatever, you know, because it's a pretty standard procedure. And uh, a lot of rejection, a lot of, lot of letters, just form letters saying thanks but no thanks, and finally found an agent who took the time to look at it and responded to it in a, in a, in a, in a good way, and she, she decided, decided to represent the book and me, and we, and we, got, we were able to get it published or sold to a publisher. And was it pretty quick, the process? It is. It, it that one did happen kind of quickly, uh, not in a week's time or whatever. I guess it would be. You know, the proposal. Once you write that query and then you kind of write a proposal, then the proposal goes through many drafts. And here you're just dealing with your agent. Uh, and uh, uh, so I would imagine a few, a few months, a few months to get that proposal in good shape. And then how how long did it take to get the book? Out where you had a oh, printed that, copy in your in your hand. That takes about a, surprisingly about a year and a half, year year and a half. That book publishing moves you because you go in by season, right? So right. Like they pick a season for your book, and then usually it's like once they acquire the book, I guess it's about a year to a year and a few months. My book was about a year. So that had to be pretty exciting for you, though. So when, would you remember the day you got you got word that you you had a deal? I do, and it was a thrill because I happened to be flying back to California to um, for a family event, and I was able to tell, you know, my, uh, of course, my, I told my wife right away, but I was able to tell my parents face-to-face they live in California, and that was just a very, you know, because they know their son's dreams or whatever that's of uh, all the people in the world who's going to be the happiest, you know, and so to be able to tell my parents, uh, you know, at a, at a table where I'm sitting there, that was, that was great. So how did they react to that? Well, my, my dad was just, you know, very happy. You know, you, you always want to impress your dad, right? Right, right. Um, you know, you felt, I felt like he was proud. And uh, my mom was, you know, she just knew how important it was to me. I, she, she did tear up a little. It was, it was a, I think 
she was very proud and and uh and uh you know she they knew that i i wanted this so and they just you know it's anytime your kid tells you they want to be a writer or something i think every parent you know it's like oh what are you thinking how are you going to pay your bill how are you going to and uh so you know look i'm still i can't retire or not have a job and just be a writer full time i'm nowhere near that um but uh, just as in terms of making it actually happen, get a book published or whatever, I think they, they were very proud. Well, getting the first one published, I'm assuming, makes it easier to do a second book. Well, I'm, I'm right at that stage, and I will tell you, it's, for some people, it certainly is. They, 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 maybe they sell a huge number of books, or they just kind of like are really loved by their editor and, and the publisher, or they've got a name. I, I still, I guess I put myself, yes, it's definitely easier once you have a, a book out. Okay, you're in the system, I guess. But even then, you still have to really fight for it. And I'm, I guess I'm, I'm in the thick of that right now. So what, is, what book are you working on right now? I'm working on, well, there, I do have, um, I, I probably shouldn't say too much because uh, I, I don't know that anything's going to happen. I don't want, you know, how people don't like to jinx or whatever. Uh, but I have a couple of projects that I am working on. Um, Are they similar to the 52 projects, or is this totally no, I different? No, I don't want to do something too similar. You know, the like I, you know, people have ta- act, asked about sequels and stuff, and and I, I just I feel like you know I, I would be repeating myself because even the last project is like now now go and you know make your list of 52 projects. I definitely I like that I like the idea of projects, and that will always be a part of like what I'm doing. But I think the. There, there, the, there's something that's sort of like a connecting the projects concept and the world of work that I've that I've definitely got on the table as something that's that's hap- hopefully something will happen with that, you know, where it's specifically about the work your working life and the world of work. So it's a little bit like a mixture of the working for the man stuff and the 52 projects. I see. And it's not stuff that's going to get people fired though, or is it stuff that? Because I did see on your what you do have um, your calendar. Of sick day, the 2006 sick, oh, yeah. sick day calendar. Is it something along that li- those lines, or it is definitely it's actually along those lines. It is something that I. It, it's like how to, uh, like I said, I don't want to say too much. Was it kind of about how to keep your sanity at work, like it, with a humor, you know, kind of your humorous approach, and then your project passion? It's it's kind of like a, a it's a, that humorous approach to work where I guess it could be perceived as negative, like seeing work as negative, which I just think is more of everybody's reality at work. <laughs> yeah. And, um, sort of, um, kind of like that connection to your true interest, you know, like using, I did not like the 52 projects, but like connecting to like how to, how to like connect to that, who you really want to be in the workplace and who, how, what you really want to be doing. So it's sort of like that biting humor about work and at the same time, sort of a, a, a proactive approach to, um, you know, making work work for you is basically what it is. Well, it sounds fantastic because I think that I, I loved 52 Projects and um, I think I need to circulate, uh, get some more copies to send out to people because I think it's just uh, a great way to just be creative and renew that creative spirit, uh, especially if you've had a particularly bad day at work, you know, come home, open the book, try something out. Um, and I think this new project you have going on sounds like that's going to be pretty helpful to folks as well. And uh, is there any idea of when that might take shape that well that has there's no publisher or anything at you're all. just kind of working on that, that right is, now that is like something where 
I'm hoping something happens with it. But, you know, how you asked, is it easy if, once you have that second book? So I'm sort of discovering that it's not as easy as you'd like it to be. Well, you probably have that pressure, too. Of you, you've had one thing that's been, you know, this book is successful, and it's got quite a following from you, just looking at your website. Um, it, it seems like people have really responded to it and connected to it. Any, any closing thoughts about, I mean, anything I didn't ask you that you think is you want to kind of get out there as a message? Well, I guess the, you know, well, the main thing is that, uh, you know, we're all so creative. We really, we really are. There's not a single moment where we're not being creative about. We're just, just by the nature of being the human being or whatever, we, we just have a, an incredible uh, ability to be, you know, creative. And uh, I think uh, there are people who uh, run with that, and you know, are they, 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 uh, you know, they just, they, and they, they know the power of it, and they go for it. And, and there are a lot of us who. Um, we know it, but maybe we don't. We don't push it, uh, and there are some people who just don't tap into it as often as they probably should. Even though they're amazingly creative people with the bazillions of things that they do, and I just, I really, you know, I just, for me personally, uh, and uh, just like the the connections I'm making through, you know, seeing other people's work or hearing about it or, you know, whatever it is, I, I it's it's incredibly um, uh, powerful to. Getting into that that mode where you're being creative all the time, you know, making it a regular part of your schedule or your day or your weekend or whatever it is can just be a, an incredibly empowering way to take on all the stuff you have to deal with, and uh, and not to mention just like the way you know you can it helps you reach out to your friends and your family, uh, the connections you make, the the strengthening of connections. Just the, the improvement in your own abilities as a creative person, whether whether it's photography or writing or whatever, or how you how you you know arrange the things in your house or whatever it might be, you know, it's just an amazing thing. And you see that the cycle just gets bigger and bigger as you push it further and further. And it's you know, I just really I, I I really encourage people to to find that time and that space and to go for it. And for those people who are you know, listening to this podcast, what do you think you can? Is, is there something you can tell them? that they could do today if they are not, don't think of themselves as creative, don't really know where to start, maybe haven't gotten to the store to get your book yet? Uh, one thing they could do today is, like, go go into their um, packets of photos uh, and uh, get an envelope, get some paper, get some pen, and just, you know, do whether it be just a simple letter saying, hey, you know, writing the story of those pictures to whoever's in them or, or whatever, or the family member, the friend, or whoever it is, you know, kind of making a project out of the, this this envelope, this paper, these these photos, and and doing it, you know, and maybe even just like enclosing the photo in an envelope with nothing, you know, just like kind of like have it so your friend opens up this thing and and it's just this picture and they're like, why did this, why did so and so send this to me? And I'll, you know, and then maybe you could follow it up with a, an envelope, I mean, a, a second envelope with a letter or something or an email or whatever it is, you know. It, I tell you, that's such an easy thing to do. You could even do it while you're on the clock, or you know, maybe at midnight or whatever it is. And it, 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 it's, a, it's a, you know, you'll, you'll find that when you're doing that, you'll have some idea of something else you can do, or you know, maybe there's something in that picture that uh, uh, maybe some, maybe it's a picture of what you were cooking that day, and you could like write that, or like some dinner party or something, and you could like enclose the recipe, or you could make it an invitation to have another dinner party the next weekend, something like that. So there's just, it just these things lead to. Uh, you know, bigger and bigger things, and uh, that's something you could do right, right this second. Do you even sleep much? I mean, is is your mind constantly going, thinking of new projects? Well, I tell you, I 
back in the day, I could really, I didn't have to sleep as much as I do now. Now I'm one of these guys who, who needs, like, set his seven or eight. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise you feel half there. I will say, you know, the, the, the uh, uh, and I mentioned this a couple in a couple of other interviews, um, and just uh, it's something I am exploring as a project, and it's sort of that tree project. And the, but the, my, it, it's, it, it, people have to figure out where they come up with their creative ideas. You know, you know I, I know I was mentioning you're always creative, but the, 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 those creative artistic projects or whatever it might be, it's an amazing thing to find that place where you can come up with those ideas the best. You know, maybe it's your commute to work. Maybe you say, okay, I'm going to start thinking about creative ideas. For me, I've discovered uh, running. When I'm running, I can really nail down and figure out creative projects or ideas that I want to explore. I, I definitely am, I don't, I'm not like uh, some of these guys, right, they can go to sleep and then they'll figure out the formula at the, <laughs> when they wake up. I don't right. have that sophisticated type machinery in my head, but... Uh, uh, yeah, so do you bring a notebook when you run? I don't bring a notebook when I run. Because sometimes it's bad. If you, I, I find sometimes I'm places where I have an idea and I, I don't have anything to write it down on. You're absolutely right. Uh, I mean, I have a friend who has the, uh, a little journal that he keeps with him at all times. And I, I don't do that myself, but I wish I did because, he, like you said, you know, you have, sometimes you have these great ideas or like a, the, the beginnings of some sort of story you want to write or whatever it might be. You don't have a pen and paper around. Uh, I do not, but I do, I do, I've sort of, come up with a way to remember what I need to remember where I'll, I'll literally be like, okay, you know, in my, this is all in my head. So I'll be like, that is it. I figured, okay, now, and then I'll kind of keep it going in my head and sort of, um, like repeating the same thing over and over to yeah, yourself as you, really start for three once, miles. Once I hit it, I just sort of uh, mark it in my head as like, this is not something that you can forget. Well, I think what you're going to need is like a really, you know, big pair of cargo shorts. You can put like pens, paper, cameras, you know. You're right. I need to find those <laughs> those shorts this summer because uh, like regular running shorts, they're not built for for uh, carrying anything. Well, maybe someone listening will come up with a, a, a some kind of lycra breathable fabric that <laughs> you it's can store. It's a project to store. Uh, yeah, I'm not really into fashion design myself. I don't have a background in that, but maybe I'll let you. I'll let you know if somebody. Uh, you know, responds to me with a pattern idea for you. That would be good. Um, but and I will put links on my site to your site. And really, as you have probably gathered, this is kind of a almost stream of consciousness type thing. Um, for what I'm trying to do on Craft Sanity is just kind of get creative people, uh, talk to them, and let them kind of go wherever it leads. Okay. Um, so we'll see if people think that's entertaining. <laughs> so it's kind of an experimental at this point. But um, like I said, that's the best. That's the most fun time, you know, because you're just kind of going to do anything and see what's working and what isn't. And, and you know, congratulations on your. I know this is brand new, or it's just starting. Yeah, it's just starting. I've had one one show posted. That, that's great. Yeah. So that's, we'll see. That's exciting. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm anxious to hear this and your other interviews going forward. And congratulations. It's a project. It's a know. project, and I have a lot of projects. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot. All right. You. you have a great day. Oh, you too. Bye. Bye. So that's it for episode two of Craft Sanity. I hope you enjoyed it. This week I'm going to run a little contest. Uh, Jeff was cool enough to send along a review copy of his book, 52 Projects, Random Acts of Everyday Creativity. I read it. I loved it. I'm going to have to go out and buy my own copy now because what I'm going to do is uh, kind of pay this one forward. I'm going to run a little contest. If you uh, have a project you're working on, just take a picture of your project and write up a little explanation and send it to jennifer at craftsanity.com and I'm going to post all the responses on the site so all the listeners of Craft Sanity can kind of see what other people are working on then on February 5th which is a Sunday I will 
randomly put everyone's name in a hat and randomly select a winner. Um, actually, I'm not going to randomly select the winner. I'm going to let my 21-month-old daughter, Abby, do that. I think she'll get a real kick out of it. So, again, all you have to do is take a picture of your project, write a little description of what you're doing, and just send it in, and we'll see how this goes. So good luck. Um, I hope uh, you found some inspiration today to get back working on a project that you've been had in a closet for a while or to start a new one. For more information on 52 Projects, Random Acts of Everyday Creativity, and all of Jeff's other websites, and there are links to all of them at craftsanity.com. And if you have any general feedback, questions, anything you'd like to hear on the show, or if you want to be a guest on the show, or you have someone in mind that you'd like to hear, send all that information my way. I can handle the truth. If you think it stinks, tell me. But maybe also give me a suggestion of how to improve it so it's not just mean <laughs> but um I, I would really love to hear from people and so i hope you participate in the contest tell me what you're working on we'll see uh I'm, i'll get working on show three in the meantime i'll talk to you later thanks for listening to the craft sanity podcast with jennifer ackerman haywood visit craftsanity.com for more information about today's guests and links to subscribing to the podcast want to support the show follow the link to vote for craft sanity on podcast alley once a month you can also make a donation or buy goods at the Craft Sanity store. Have a suggestion for a future guest or have other feedback? Email jennifer at craftsanity.com. Thanks again for listening to Craft Sanity.